everybody pull out your phone. If it takes a picture, you take out that phone. All right, so hold up, hold up your phone when you, when you have it. All right, okay, everybody got your phone? Okay, so what I want you to do now is take a selfie. Take a selfie. <laughs> no time to crimp yourself too much. You know, just, just take that selfie now. You're gorgeous, you're beautiful. Okay. No, 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 no. No, no, no couple selfies. Just one each. Because you're going to look at you. That's, that's the whole point. It's just you. Just you. Straight on. This might not be a photo you're going to post on Facebook later on. Maybe it is. Maybe you're just, you know, one of us who can always just take amazing photos. This is taking some of you a little too long. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the technology or just... You're really picky about that photo. All right, so we're, we're going to come back and look at those selfies in a few minutes. Um, I love TED Talks. Anybody ever watched a TED Talk before? Yes. Okay. I love TED Talks. Some of them, you know, the, what they're talking about uh, is pretty consequential. Some of the talks aren't very good. But I really love watching TED Talks, especially for how they deliver, how they speak, uh, how they communicate. That's a big thing for me as you might have guessed. Um, but I was, real, I was watching one TED Talk recently where um, the, this guy, he'd written a book on authenticity. And I was excited to, when I was listening to him um, to, to learn that I'm not the only one who does something that he described. Sometimes I'll find myself in the middle of a conversation and it gets to that point where uh, that, that area of conversation where I really shouldn't have an opinion about something because I just don't really know enough about that area. But all of a sudden, I'll find myself expressing an opinion as though, yes, I have studied this oh so much. And I'll actually stop myself sometimes saying, whoa, where did that come from? Why am I saying that? Or I'll actually start saying something. I'm like, whoa. And I've literally stopped myself in, in a conversation and said, that's not true. I don't know why I said that. I don't even know where that came from. I apologize. Or I'll find myself sometimes walking into an establishment, a cafe, a restaurant, whatever it is, and always feeling as though I need to look as though I'm more in control than I am. Maybe that I'm cooler than I am. Uh, that I'm more wealthy than I am. You know, covering up my little, my weaknesses and my quirks and uh, the, those little, you know, those things that we maybe try to hide about ourselves. You know, these are the things that I, I find myself doing sometimes when I walk in. We, I think I'm probably not the only one. I think you know, a lot of us, we like to try to hide and protect, ourse protect and make ourselves look good, right? I mean, you just look at Facebook. The number in, you know, the face, look how long it took some of you to take that, to take that photo, right? We want to look good. Um, this, is, this is something that, that we do. And, you know, really, we have these expectations that we gather from a really, really young age, from, from everywhere, really, from, from your family, from your friends, from your school, uh, your culture, uh, even if you're from a certain part of a country, either the culture in that area, uh, could be even your church, if you grew up, up in church. All these expectations that we just sort of accumulate as we go, we begin to carry them, or actually maybe a better way of putting that is that we begin to wear them, almost like an ill-fitting suit, you know, like poorly fitting clothes. You ever had, ever had a pair of jeans like that that just doesn't quite fit right? Um, or, or, that, or that jacket or that suit, you know, you sometimes see it in the movie, the guy in the, the untailored suit versus the tailored suit. It just doesn't sit right. You know, these are, the, 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 we're putting these things on, covering ourselves up, 
and it's not the real you. It's not the real you that you're presenting. And then you know, we can't let our guard down. We can't let anybody see who the real us is. We can't, you know, we, we can't get rid of those things. We carry these things around, I must do this, I must do this, I must do this. You know, we, just in case anybody sees us, we can't let ourselves become vulnerable. We must become invulnerable. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe you'll get together with um, family for, you know, you've got U.S. American Thanksgiving coming up in a, uh, about a month, uh, or you got Christmas in a couple months from now. Um, you know, you get together with the whole family, you know, sometimes you've got the different parts of the family coming together, and, you know, particularly towards one part of the family, uh, maybe it's a part of the family you don't particularly like, and especially with those ones, you can't really sort of let you be you. You know, you have to sort of, you know, there, there's two, maybe two reasons there. One, you just want to look good, you know, because these are people you don't like. Or maybe because, you know, like, you know, maybe in this part of the family versus that part of the family, it's a bit of an unspoken competition, you know, what those cousins are doing versus what you cousins are doing. So you, you, you cousins certainly can't let the family down. You know, you have to beat the other guys, right? So you just, you know, you have all these things. You really sell yourself well. Or maybe even with yourself, we tell ourselves things. We let ourselves off. We make excuses for ourselves. Instead of allowing, a chan- allowing something that we've maybe messed up at or some issue that we see with ourselves, rather than allowing these things to become a, a, a moment of challenge that we can use to really grow and develop, and, uh, develop our character. And then, maybe we do the same thing with God. When we pray, if you pray, you know, we pretend to maybe be something else that we're at, that, that, than we are. We pray as though maybe he's a stranger in the room. You know, you, many of us have grown up with uh, you know, stoic images of Jesus or stoic images of other great figures. Uh, you know, that, you know, they just, you know, you, the nice thing to do is that you look very straight-faced. You know, no, no joy. You, know, you must look that way. So we begin to pray like this almost as though we're going to fool him. You know, excuse me, you know, like, he's a stranger in the room, excuse me, can't you see that I'm praying? Uh, you know, move along, nothing to see here, uh, just me praying. You know, why do we do these things? You know, it just, it just sounds, it just, to me, it just sounds so foolish that we do these things. But we are not the first people that has ever dealt with trying to protect ourselves, to hide ourselves, to maybe uh, put something between ourselves and others. A long, long time ago, there, was this, there were these two people called Adam and Eve. Okay, so God creates the world, um, and he's created the entire universe, and you know, it's, all, it's all happening really well. You know, you've, got, uh, you've got all the animals, you've got the, you know, you've got all the, the whole way that the earth is formed, and uh, God creates Adam, right? And he looks and says, it's not good for man to be alone. So he makes a woman, and he was never, ever, ever alone again. No, so he, you know, so he creates the woman, and uh, the, the one rule that they, were, that they were given, one thing that they were told not to do was eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Eat from one tree in the whole, whole Garden of Eden. That's all that they were told. And you know what happened? You know, Eve, she went and ate the fruit, gave some to him, da-da-da-da. You know, but before all this, in Genesis 2.25, said, you know, Adam and his wife were both naked and unashamed. Now that naked is actually naked. Like they have nothing on them and they were unashamed. They felt no shame. But then you jump ahead after they've eaten this fruit, you go to Genesis 3 and all of a sudden, then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized they were naked. 
So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Now, this naked is a little different naked. Some describe uh, Adam and Eve before this incident with the fruit, um, that they were clothed in, 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 in light and glory. And the fact that this was taken away, this is, their, this is their loss of innocence. It's not just all of a sudden they realize, I'm naked. It wasn't like that. They woke up one morning and realized that. It wasn't an awakening of sexuality. That doesn't jive with what we learned earlier when God tells them to be fruitful and multiply. That wouldn't have really worked if they didn't realize they were naked before or that they didn't realize the sex and how it fits into God's plan. This naked is different. Uh, but then they made coverings for themselves. And the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he's walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the men, where are you? Adam answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. So first of all, this is like the worst game of hide-and-seek ever. When you hide, hi, I'm over here. Uh, it doesn't really work that way. Um, you know, what is going on here? You know, so here they've, they've hidden, they've covered themselves, and separating themselves from, from God. They begin to cover themselves up, cover themselves up because of the shame that they feel, the shame that they now have because they, they have disobeyed the one thing that God asked them not to do. We've been hiding ever since. You know, we create a shield around ourselves, trying to protect ourselves, to keep ourselves from people. We, do, we can't allow people in because, you know, we're ashamed in many cases. Most of us are, I think, if we're honest, um, about any number of things in our life. Uh, just about who we are, maybe. Maybe it's not things in our lives, just who we are. We're ashamed of it. Maybe we don't, we don't even like how we look, so we try to cover up how we look. There's all these different little things. However, there's a problem with this because there's a price to the invulnerability that we on ourselves, the, the invulnerability that we strive for. Now, researchers tell us that there's a number of things that happen. Maybe you're not there yet, but these are things that we tend towards. The first thing is joy becomes foreboding. So researchers put together, put forth a scenario like this. Um, imagine, if you will, a, uh, a family of, you know, four or five driving, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, between American Thanksgiving, so end of November and Christmas, you know, you got Christmas carols on the radio, they're in the car, maybe they've just had a nice day of Christmas shopping, and they're driving down the highway, and, uh, and you know, there's snow everywhere, the radio's on, Jingle Bells comes on, you know, the kids, it's all warm and nice in the car, it's dark outside, and, you know, the camera cuts from there to here, and then they, they, they you know, the, the, wife, the husband and wife, they exchange a knowing love, you know, look, you know, I love you. What happens next? No, no, no. <laughs> You're wrong. No. Most 60% of people say car crash. Nearly the other 40% say something as negative as that. The anticipation that 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 joy or happiness in some way is going to be immediately followed by something catastrophic or devastating. Or bad. I found myself even doing this. Not, I, I don't do that too much. Although there is sometimes, you know, especially if you have kids, you, 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 do, you do that sometimes a little bit. There's always that, that, that you know, wondering, you know, something happens and then bang, whatever. Um, but I find myself with this, even with, with praying. Um, I'll, t I'll tell God that I'm really happy about something. Or I really enjoyed something. And I'll pause for a second. Oh, no, he's going to use that against me. Because he can't let me be happy for too long, right? It's just this, this idea that you know, it's just because something's good, all of a sudden it's going to get flipped on its side. 
Joy becomes foreboding. It's a negative thing. Disappointment as a lifestyle. We just rather live disappointed than be disappointed. Right? It's the, I, I, I don't want to play your stupid game. You know, you're probably not going to invite me anyway. But I don't want to play your stupid game. Proactively dismissive. Proactively disappointed. Low-grade disconnection where you're just going through the motions with somebody. You know, just going through. Doesn't really matter. You don't want to get too connected. You might get hurt. Perfection. Perfection is actually, in most, in most cases, a form of protection. You perform, you, uh, you act, you, you, you're tr striving for this perfection in, 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 a, in, a, in a desire to protect yourself uh, from those around you. Perform, please, make sure everything's perfect. Extremism. And they give the, they give the definition of extremism as this, basically faith minus vulnerability leads to extremism. I would suggest it's not 100%, but I, under, I, can see where, I can see where they're going with that. Or we numb. We numb with, with alcohol. We numb with uh, food, maybe. We numb with busyness. As I was as preparing this and looking at that, I thought maybe, maybe business doesn't just include, because we work a lot, but maybe it includes busyness in surrounding ourselves with a lot of things. Um, we don't want to be left alone. Some people just can't stand being by themselves alone. Part of the problem is here too that we've been, we're bombarded with these messages that we are never good enough, we are never safe enough. Parents feel that a lot, I think. We're never certain enough. Not sure if it's the right time. We're never perfect enough and we're never extraordinary enough. The idea behind that being that the, the whole idea of living an ordinary life has become so... That's not even a life. Why would you want that? It must be extraordinary. But the problem, again, is that all this, 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 this mask that we put on, this invulnerability, it keeps us from intimacy with God. It keeps us from intimacy with others. Brennan Manning said this. He said, we, we even refuse to be our true self with God, and then we wonder why we lack intimacy with him. The deepest desire of our hearts is to be in union with God. You know, no intimacy with God, therefore, so, we ha so we've, we've got, yeah, we're invulnerable with God, even, even, even though he knows us, so we're invulnerable with him. That leads to no intimacy, and then no intimacy with him leads to no actual healing, no development of character. Whatever is denied cannot be healed. Vulnerability, on the other hand, is the birthplace of joy, love, belonging, creativity, and faith. You know, God already knows you. He knows you better than you know yourself. He knows you. He knew you before you were born. Um, and in fact, I want to do this for, with, with me right now, if you would. If you just close your eyes where you are, I won't put the scripture up on the screen, but I will, I'm just going to read uh, a psalm uh, by David. So just, just listen to the words here. King David wrote this. He said, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going down, going out, and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue... You, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? 
Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So maybe it's time that each of us, we just let go of the person we're not and become the person that God made us to be. The person that God made us to be includes all who you are, your gifts, abilities, how you look, maybe the way you're wired. Some of us are wired a little differently. All these things, all these, th- all these things that have formed you and shaped you to who you are, your experiences in life that have brought you to where you are, all these things make you who you are. This is who God wants you to be. However, now he wants you to take you to the next step too and make you more and more like him. I saw a meme or something recently. He said, be real. You know, faking it is exhausting. I think it is sometimes. Even when, even, when, even when it's just social convention, you get tired of putting up this front. Hi, how are you doing? Hi, hi, hi. And even that's just tiring on its own. So I have, I, I have some homework for you. Um, so for the next seven days, um, just, just from, just from t- today till next Sunday, real easy. Um, if you don't already have one this week, You'll do it this week, if you, do, if you, if you would, please, every day. Uh, you're going to pray. Um, and e- even, if, even, if, even if you're not a Christian, you don't pray. You could even state these things, and it would still, I think it would still be a benefit. Um, so what you're going to do is when you, actually, when you pray and you talk to God, you're going to talk to him for real. You're going to tell him what you're grateful for. Tell him what is really challenging or frustrating to you. And tell him what you'd really like to see him do. Tell him the things that really bring you joy in your life. You had the most amazing cup of coffee on Sunday. You had the most amazing ice cream with the kids this week. Or the most amazing cup of... I'm food, so the, you know, all that stuff comes out, right? But whatever it is, maybe you just, you just really... And some people, maybe you just really, really enjoyed the sunset. If it brought you joy, thank him. Show gratitude. Tell him what you'd really like to see him do. There's no small things with God. Many times we just stay with the small stuff. We'll talk about that in weeks to come. But don't forget the small stuff. Imagine how free it would, be, it would be if we could just begin to be real, first of all with God, and then with those around us. How much freeing that would be. How much more work we could, do, we could actually do. Just how much, how much more energy we might have. Because it is so tiring to put on, the, to carry all this stuff, or put it on and just, and, just co- and just cover it up. And many times the thing is, if you can't be authentic with God, 
than what hope, the person that, somebody that knows you, that knows, you know, knows the number of the hairs on your head, um, then how in the world can you be intimate, can you be intimate or authentic, vulnerable with somebody that doesn't know you that way? So start with him, and maybe we can work it from there. He knows who you are more than you do yourself. Here's a song for you to listen to this week. You listen to those lyrics, and it's almost, I mean, it's almost, I, mean, it's, I think it was written by Phil Collins back in the early 80s. But I think you, you listen to those words, and it's almost like God saying that to you. I hear your true colors. Colors, not just color. He has created you colorful. You have a lot of stuff to you. I think about, I was in, I was in Spain a few weeks ago. I was sitting by a window, looking out, looking out at the trees, looking at the castle wall of Avila, um, the, this, this medieval walled city. And I started thinking about the, the, the colors that are there and the frivolity, the, the joyfulness that's in those. This is what God, how God has created creation. It's not a black and white, stoic, you know, sanitized version. That's not who he is. It's not who you are. It's not how he's created us. We use that term sometimes, true colors. I heard, heard it this week, and it reminded me of, you know, I, I, hear, I see your true colors are showing. It's used as a negative, but I say let's use it as a positive. Let your true colors show. He already knows you. You got that one, this one slide there, Aga? Just to sum it up. No, authentic, no authenticity, no connection, no healing. Let's let go of who we aren't and be the person that God wants us to be this week. All right, let me pray for you guys. God, we thank you for the way that you've made us. We thank you that we have someone like David who can uh, articulate this even for us, whether we feel it that way or not, but we can look to it and remember, be reminded that this is how you have created us, that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We thank you for how the, the colorful way that you have made each and every one of us. We thank you for the uniqueness that each of us has. God, I pray that we'll be embrace that uniqueness, we'll embrace who you've created us to be, and embrace the fact that you desire to use us, to grow us, to develop us with all these things that you've already given to us and put inside us. We thank you for these things, God. May we be real with you this week, each and every day, with you and with those around us, and allow others to be authentic with us as well. In your name we pray, amen. So that's part two of your homework as well. If you're really ambitious, you can just be a person that everybody else can be authentic with. So, but we'll start with being authentic by God. All right? Thanks, guys. Grab a coffee if you'd like. Oh, yeah, take out your selfie again. Take out your, take out your phone. I had that in my notes. I get distracted. Take out your phone and look at that, look at that selfie that you took. I know. But when you look at that photo... Ask yourself, who are you looking at? Get rid of the makeup, get rid of the facial hair, whatever it is we have on our face, you know, the, the things that we, that we put on our face, you know. Uh, whatever it is, get, get, rid of, get past all those things, the jewelry. Who is it that you're really looking at? Think about that this week. Just who, are, who, who am I? Who, who am I looking at when I look at a picture of myself? When I'm looking in the mirror, is it really me looking back at me? And if it's not... Let go of the person you're not and become the person that God wants you to be. All right?